Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I mean, Boston, Warriors in the final. It's a Cavs fan. I don't know how to feel. To help me get through it, let's bring in Chris Manning, a lockdown Cavs, joining me on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Chris, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I don't know what I don't know who to root for. I don't know what I should be doing in the NBA Finals. I normally I hate the Boston Celtics. I I don't mind Jason Tatum. I just can't stand Celtics fans. And then obviously I just I just don't like the Golden State Warriors. What what am I supposed to be doing, Chris? Well, for me for me personally, I'm friends with a a Celtics fan who is very happy about this. So I'm like hoping for his happiness that he he gets this. He's been uh, his emotional state has been a wreck in this series. It's been up and down, obviously. Like he was apoplectic, you know, when Jimmy Butler had that amazing Game Six performance. So I'm, I'm on the side of I would like to see Boston win because I'd like my my friend to be happy. And I kind of think Boston is a team. If you want to like kind of go one way or the other, I almost kind of lean them just because it's a younger team. You know, there's not like quite the same historically there is, but there's not quite the same recent bad blood. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you want to work Cavs fans into a shoot pretty easily, it's just like get them annoyed about Draymond Green. Like pretty easy to do after like one game, you know. Um, but so I, I would say Boston's kind of the way you lean. But it, the series, I have no, I almost don't even know what to expect out of the series. So we'll, I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like come Thursday. Yeah, that's a good point because you know I was talking about it last segment. You know, it feels like this playoffs or these playoffs have been like a microcosm of the entire regular season where. You know, you just have the East completely, you know, devouring each other. Meanwhile, the West, you have a couple of solid contenders that actually, you know, make their push through. But it really just feels like the Eastern Conference has just been absolutely, you know, beating up on themselves throughout this entire postseason. Yeah, and I, and I think we've seen the injuries and the, the toll of the last couple of years, I think, kind of come to a head here a little bit. At least it feels like that to me. I mean, Boston's going to come into the finals with Horford. Uh, we'll see how like his legs look a little, you know, year 15, like he looked pretty tired in, at the end of game seven, but he gets now a couple of days off. You know, Rob Williams hasn't been the same guy really since he's come back from injury, and it seems like it's a day-to-day thing with him. You know, Marcus Smart was phenomenal for most of game seven, but, you know, is he going to be the same guy? Like, is he going to is he gonna be fully healthy and everything, on, you know, on the Warriors side, like, you know, do just, is Looney going to hold up in that sense? Like, are they going to, does, does the extra rest give them a bump? That, that kind of gives them an edge in that series to kind of come full, full go, and they also have home court. So I'll be curious to see, like, who can kind of persist. It just feels a little bit here. Like, even if Miami had won, it's like, well, how are we going to be healthy with 
Hero going to be healthy? You know, Jimmy Butler played every single minute in game. Given right, like I mean, I think we're at the the point here where we're going to get out of this season and out of this out of the finals, and it's, every team is going to be really taken to the brink in, in a really interesting way. Now, Chris, the one name that I, I haven't gotten a chance to mention yet, but I, I've been meaning to talk about him, especially because he's gone under the radar, is Ime Udoka, the head coach for Boston. You know, it really seems like obviously we've talked about Brad Stevens in the past and how great of a coach he is, but you know. For whatever reason, Udoka has been able to really kind of put all of this together and really get them to, you know, take that next step. What have your thoughts been on uh, Udoka and the job that he's done this season? How do you kind of think he'll match up against Steve Kerr? I think he's been incredible as a coach. I mean, I think obviously he deserves a lot of credit, especially for the turnaround that he had. But I love the little, you know, I don't find a lot of the clips we get of coaches during NBA games particularly insightful. You know, they don't really show you the stuff that that is actually going to let you learn something for, for understandable reasons, I guess. But, you know, there's a clip. I, I, it might have, it was, I think it was from the playoffs of Udoka. Just like they had gone, they, a team had gone on a run against them, and he just came, he came off and was like, what the F was that, man? Like, he was just, like, fed up with them. And it's just like, I love the, I love the bluntness. It just seems like he's instilled a real toughness in that team that is really interesting to see that they've kind of gravitated to him. And that it, it seems like, obviously, you know, I think Brad Stevens, obviously did a very good job, but it seems like the, the change to go to Udoka just seems like I was resonated with the Jays, with Marcus Smart, with you know bringing back Horford and, and Rob and everyone. It seems like he was the right call, and I think he's instilled, in addition to the, you know Marcus and, and Al kind of leading that team, it feels like Udoka is largely responsible for a lot of the, the stuff that has really defined this Celtics team as they've made the finals. Now, Chris, I, I wanted to get your take, obviously. Cavaliers, they're heading into the offseason. They already have the 14th pick, but, you know, I, I've seen some different rumors that have been popping around of potential veterans for the Cavaliers to go after. And the one that I found interesting, at least, is one that I, I know that you guys have talked about on Locked on Cavs a, a decent amount, but, you know, Mike Conley uh, with the uh, with the Utah Jazz, I know that, you know, there's been the struggles that they've had over the last few years. And I, and I know that Chris Fedor has mentioned him. I know you guys have mentioned him as well. Evan's mentioned him, Evan Damrell of uh, Facebook News. Um, you know, what do you think the potential Mike Conley type of a deal even really looks like uh, for the Cavaliers even trying to trade for him at that point? I just, I want to, before I guess we would, it would be like Levert, I guess. And like, if you have to match out, but I can, I just want to say like very for the record, I hate the Mike Conley trade. I think Mike Conley could still help the team. I, I think he could help the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I think if you're looking at what he is and where the Cavs are at financially, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I don't have the cap sheet in front of me, but he's making like – he's got this year and next year guaranteed salary. He's in his mid-30s. He's out behind – he's past the age curve. It's not like the Rubio thing where it's like you got him on an expiring and then maybe if you want to bring him back, if it worked out that way, you could have brought him back on like a mid-level exception deal and it's a little cheaper. And you can finagle You and Mike Conley, 20-plus million each of the next two seasons. I think he could help you, but is it worth over $20 million each of the next two years when this year you're already bumming, you're going to be bumming, I'm going to get to luxury tax. You'd almost certainly have to sacrifice your rotation piece for that. And the next year, Darius Garland's max extension is going to kick in. You're going to play Darius Garland 30-something minutes a game. Are you so sure that Mike Conley is going to help you that much that it's worth paying your him and you know Gar, uh, him and Garland combined like 50-something million? And that doesn't even factor in Colin Sexton. I get the appeal and the name, and like maybe he's a guy that if he was bought out, I, w- I would kind of poke the tires on that, or, you know, look at that more. 
I don't think a trade for him really makes a lot of sense from like a logical standpoint. To me, it just doesn't seem to be a thing that you're actually going to get. It, it doesn't seem to me like a fair value to, to trade for Conley, pay him as much as he's owed the next two years at the age he's at, and expect it to kind of to get a good return on that. I, I would stay away from that as a trade option. Now, he played well this past season, but Kevin Love, obviously number two in, in sixth man of the year. Um, but Chris, there's been you know rumors with the fact that he has an expiring deal now at this point. Potential teams could look to try to trade for him. Uh, and for the Cavaliers, they can add a bigger contract in that sense. Do you think that you know somebody would end up dealing for somebody like Kevin Love? And do you think that the Cavaliers would really entertain that as much, given you know the fact that he's that type of a leader for that team? I think they would entertain it just because I think there's only three untouchable guys on this roster, and they are Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Um, I would be a little surprised if Love is dealt just because the contract, his single-year number, is still like a little bit high. Um, so like I don't know exactly how that would like what you're giving up to, with him to kind of do that. I also think they kind of it's it's an undertold story um, of last season. I think he was pretty vital for kind of propping up their offense at times. Like he had a phenomenal year in that sense. And I think if you, if you're going to make like the argument for him in six minute year, it's that like he was maybe more essential to the Cavs functioning in a way than hero was for Miami. And I don't necessarily think that got him the award, but I, I think he deserved a really strong look at it. Um, I think it's again, possible he's dealt. I would say he's less likely to just because of the number he has for a single year so high. I don't know if there's any teams that are necessarily looking to just clear cap space next summer and that are give you back exactly what you'd want in return. I think the vibes with Kevin are, are good. I think he obviously can still help you next year if you keep him kind of the minutes contained and keep going forward. And I would be believing about trading him at this point. Now, Chris. Other guys you look at, but yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. You were cutting out there a little okay. bit. Okay. Uh, so, you know. I, I'm just curious, especially, too, because, you know, there's two other guys that I think they're interesting enough questions that that have to be answered, I think, this offseason. One being, obviously, Colin Sexton, his contract coming up, going to be a restricted free agent. But the other one also, and I I know you and Evan did a great job, uh, you know, talking about the the pros and cons of and the good and the bad of him this past season, but Isaac Okoro uh, as well. What do you think Kobe Altman does when it comes to handling both of those situations this offseason? I think with Sexton, it's more straightforward, obviously. He's extension eligible. He has to be now, obviously, because he's headed in the restricted free agency. Um, you know, it's not quite the layup that I think the Garland extension is going to be because Garland is obviously max extension eligible. With Sexton, I think it's, it's what is the number? Is there a middle ground between what him and his camp want and what the Cavs are looking for? You know, what does the structure of the deal kind of look like? So I'll be curious to see what that does, and I'll be curious to see, like, you know, look, it would be their, it's their due diligence to maybe poke around and see if there's a sign-and-trade thing that they could do with him, but I think it's more likely than not that he's back. Secondly, uh, with Okora, look, I think next year is a proving year for him. It's year three. He kind of had a – the shooting numbers went up this year, but it felt overall like a stagnant kind of maybe a slight improvement year for him, but nothing that makes you feel super great about where he's going. Next year's the year that he'll, he'll have a season, then he'll be extension eligible. I, but I would also look at that and say, look, you're probably going to look at him as a guy that you run it up after a sugar agency, like what has happened with Sexton. You don't commit anything, so you kind of have to and decide when it comes. You got Let's see what the body work looks like after year three, and let's see what his offense looks like in year three. I mean, next year, 
he will be one of the X-factor pieces. Uh, he's going to play a ton of minutes, I would still expect, but he's also a guy that if they could improve on him, and they also if they tilt more to the offensive end and say, look, we, we like your point of attack defense and all of that, we also believe that with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, we can build a defense without necessarily you playing 30 minutes a night. So I would be curious to see what his role is like, but also let's see what his offense looks like near three, and I think that's going to dictate where Okora was going. Now, Chris, you know me when it comes to, you know, all these different moves that can possibly be made. You know, I have plenty of tinfoil to make hats for you if you want one. Um, but at the same time, oh. uh, I, I got to ask you, because I've seen the rumors. I've seen the rumors of them possibly moving him, and I don't understand why. But do you think that Toronto trades off of Gary Trent Jr. this offseason, and how likely do you think the Cavaliers could get in on that? I think it's possible. I think like any, I, I think most of the guys in the league are relatively available. I think it, if you could find the right package for Toronto, he would make some sense. I don't know exactly like what Toronto would be looking for there. I don't know exactly um, if, if they were to move on from him, like kind of what they would be targeting, I guess. That would be kind of dictated. This, like, does Cleveland have the assets to go get something like that? I, I would be kind of curious, you know, in a vacuum to kind of know what people think of Cleveland's tradable assets, which are like they're 20, to beat their 2024 20, first, or the, the guy they take at 14, they get then draft and then trade. You know, the seconds they have, Karis Levert's expiring, Kevin Love's expiring. You know, how do you feel about Okoro? Like, you're obviously not trading, you know, any of the big three at this point. You have some future picks and stuff, but it's not like a super great war chest of stuff for Kobe Altman to deal. So, is that what, what would the price for Gary Trent Jr.? be and like does Toronto have interest in like you know do they have, do they like a coral for whatever reason do uh they would they want a future Cavs pick you know like there are questions I think I have about that more so than kind of wondering you know that that would be the question I'd ask more than like could he get because I think most guys in theory are actually in trade discussions even if they don't always pop up but I would wonder what the price is and if Cleveland has the stuff to go get him or go get anyone else I'd be curious to see what other teams think of the stuff they have to offer right now now, Chris, I, I got I want to ask you this one. I, I want. I'll let you go on this one. Um, if you had, and I, I want to ask you to just give star player whatever of the realistic options, who would be your top option for the Cavaliers to get in a trade, and who would be your top option for the Cavaliers to get at fourteen, as of today? Okay. Okay. If you trade. This isn't, like, the sexiest name, but I would, like, if Utah does pivot, like, I look at, like, a Bojan Bogdanovich. Um, I think, like, a three, I think that three, four kind of type player something Cleveland really needs. The number is more reasonable than, than I think what Conley's is going to be the next couple of years. Like, I, I think that's a guy I would kind of look at, and it depends what the price would be. You could aim higher, certainly. I think, you know, if there's a certain, if there's guys that come available and you want to take a big swing, you could go for it. But I don't know how many of those guys are, A, going to want to dictate their way to Cleveland or B, if they're available. Um, I, so I think I would look at like a Bogdanovich kind of guy is someone I'd be interested in. Maybe one of the Atlanta guys. Or, you know, look, Luke Kennard, I know you've been a fan of his for a while, Mac. I think he'd be a guy that if he if, if the key didn't play a ton for Ty, if they want to move on from him and save some money, that would be a guy that I think would fit a need for the Cavs if you could find the right deal. 14 is interesting because I think you go a lot of different ways. I would say like a Malachi Branham. I think uh, Jeremy Sochan. Um, I think a Terry Eason. Like, I think those are the kind of guys you're looking at. I think Ochai Abaji is a guy that would be interesting. I think Dyson Daniels would be interesting. My favorite right now is probably Sochan or, or Eason, just because I want that 3-4 type. And as a bonus, Mac, I will say, my favorite prospect, if looking at round two, if they, if depending on if there's like another wing they like that's available, David Roddy from Colorado State. 
is this like six six kind of unit of a human being that I've fallen in love with and looking at the draft for us with. I don't know exactly if his body type is going to be perfect for the, for the league um, and, and what he kind of looks like. He might need some just league time just to kind of figure that out. But big body guy, can play the three and the four, can shoot it a little bit, has some ability to get downhill. He's a guy like in the second round if they want to try to take a swing there in round two. So I would say something like a, a combo of one of these wing types, a Daniels, a Terry Eason, whomever, and then, you know, take a swing on someone with one of your second picks, like a, like a David Roddy. How does, how does your love for, for him compare to your love for Scotty Barnes last year uh, during the draft process? It's a little different, obviously, because it's, you know, Barnes was uh, uh, <laughs> like a higher pick and he was, he was really intriguing. And I have a type now that is like largely like the anti dn <laughs> waiters type, you know, um, based on how that, how that kind of played out in Cleveland. But it's, it's more of like a, an infatuation. I was there's someone that I know who works for a team who put me on to Roddy, and I have not stopped thinking about him. I have not stopped watching tape. He's just a fascinating like body type for a basketball. Him and Kenneth Lofton from Louisiana, uh, I think Louisiana Tech are the two guys that I look at as just kind of really interesting, freakishly weird body types that that fascinate me as potential three four big, strong guys who could hold them on the perimeter but are also off to a little bit of size at that position is kind of interesting. Like when, or like an E.J. Liddell fits this as well, but I don't know if he's exactly in play for where the Cavs are going to pick. All right, Chris. Well, I'll let you get back to thinking about, you know, big, strong guys with weird body types, uh, you know, on your day off. So I appreciate you spending the time with me, my friend. I appreciate it. Mac, as always, thanks, buddy. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.